Hey everyone, Chris Lopez here, and today's podcast is going to be my weekly update on the coronavirus and how it's how it is impacting the Denver real estate market, landlords, real estate, all of that stuff. So I actually put these notes together on uh, Friday evening with the goal of recording them on Saturday. Then it's got really busy. So now it's Monday, March 30th that I'm recording this podcast. So some of the information might already be slightly outdated since things are moving so quickly right now. But I do want to run through the information because I think a lot of it is still very important. So today I will cover a question that a reader emailed in that I think will be uh, helpful to a lot of listeners out there. I will go through some updates on my properties and just run down a general bullet point list update of different things going on around the market. So real estate, showings, closings, lending, um, tenants, just all that stuff on the latest that I know. So as always, I will send this email out with all my notes to my email list. I'm also posting into that bigger pocket story I mentioned last week. So I'd recommend you get on one or the other. If you're not sure how to do it, go to the website and you can subscribe to the email list at the bottom or email me at chris at denverinvestmentrealestate.com. And I also plan on going through some questions every week as well. So if you've got specific questions, uh, email me and I will do my best to answer it and hopefully answer in the podcast as well. Since if you have that question, there's probably a few other people out there as well. So the question says, hey, Chris, I was curious what you think of the situation overall and how it's going to affect the market. One of my rental properties I'm just breaking even on, and I feel like I should sell in case rents drop or my renters don't want to renew come July. So I was wondering what your relatively shortened opinion is surrounding the current situation. So I'll say this again, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but I think we'll be in for a rough ride through April. And hopefully towards the end of April, we might start getting a little more clarity as to what's going on. We'll know more about the government bailouts that were just signed over the weekend. We'll know more news about how quickly or how quickly the virus is spreading, how much is impacting different businesses and how much of these, uh, you know, these government bailouts are actually getting to people and helping end people pay their bills at the end of the day. So I think in the short term, we'll have some bumps. Uh, but two things here, since you're Sounds like you're leased through June or July. You don't need to make a decision right now. So that'd be my recommendation. And I really hope you've got high cash reserves. Hope you get six months per that property. That's what I've been preaching for the last couple of years now. And I hope people have been following that advice uh, because, you know, we never think we need it until we do. And this is the time you want it because that will definitely change your opinion on things. So if you don't have those cash reserves, I would start tightening the belt and trying to build up as much as possible. Now, so a lot of this has to do with your personal financial situation as to how many bumps you can handle in the ride, and then also what your investing strategy is. If you're a longer-term buy-and-hold investor, like I am and most of my clients are, well, then I would not sell based on that fact uh, because, you know, in six months or a year or two years, whatever it takes to get out of this uh, kind of critical aspect, and then once we get in the longer-term thing, I don't see why the market will not continue to appreciate. I don't see why we still don't have a strong demand for rental properties, uh, you know, and for also people coming out here and buying properties. Everyone that's been listening to the podcast, you guys know the stats I talk about. If you don't go back and listen to a market update from the last couple episodes, I go through lots of stats with our low inventory, growing population, all that stuff. So right now, I would say hang tight, uh, sit in for this bumpy ride here through April, maybe May. And since at least you have until June or July, uh, and hopefully your tenants are able to pay rents uh, the next couple of months, that's going to be a big factor. Um, so I would just hang tight, 
and make sure you get alignment with what your long-term goals are and make sure you are in the financial position where you can handle some bumps. Because keep in mind, even if you sell the property, you're going to have selling costs. Uh, and depending on what you bought it for, if you bought it recently, you may actually end up having to owe money at the closing table because real estate is not cheap to transact in. So I would rather minimize those transaction costs and buy and, hold, and just keep it as a rental property and use that, use that money to get through the rough times. So hopefully that helps. But like I said, then that goes a lot with what your personal situation is, which brings me up with a th- some else I want to share with you guys about. Um, this week, I am starting a new series of webinars with James Orr, who's the Fort Collins real estate broker. He's a good friend of mine, and he's also the creator of that real estate financial planning software. So his software does that crazy modeling that you know spreadsheets can't do. Spreadsheets are great for analyzing a property, but his software can do the long-term modeling and actually do, it can actually account for these uh, market adjustments. Uh, Hey, what if rents drop? What if we have three months of no rent? What if prices drop? What if prices uh, go negative? What if prices drop or go flat for two to three years? What if interest rates go up? And he can run all these scenarios. So our plan going forward right now is we're calling it our, the real estate emergency kit, the real estate investing emergency quit. I know you can't see my air quotes here, but that way, I feel like in unknown times, the best thing to do is try to get certainty or as much as you can, because that helps with decision making and also removing emotion out of there. So we're going to be doing a series of webinars through a couple of just uh, scenarios that we have created and discuss those and actually be doing some webinars, too, on helping people to model their own scenarios or I'm sorry, their own portfolios in the software. And James is giving away like a lot higher free accounts because he truly wants to help out uh, people with this information. So if you can't catch those live, check the calendar, check your email. We'll be doing a lot. I'll have the recordings up. And if you're confused, email me um, because we are kind of making this up as we go. But those are two new things this week because I feel like that information is going to be very helpful. And I want to know it myself. I think it'll be very helpful to other people out there as well. So if you've got other questions on the market here, definitely email me. Uh, I'll do my best to respond. It might take me a couple of days because I got to, you know, clients always are the priority in my own stuff. But I always try to respond to everyone. So feel free to email me a question at chris at denverinvestmentrealestate.com. So last week, or yeah, this last week, I had two vacant units. One is a vacant unit at my fourplex once minister. And one is a vacant unit for a condo I just closed on on like March 3rd. So like three or four weeks ago. Um, so the condo unit I had, I purchased, it just got filled on Wednesday or Thursday. My property manager called me up, said, I got great news for you. And it got filled and it got filled at market rent uh, with a great tenant. Uh, the, uh, the tenant is section eight. So that means the government is going to be paying for the vast majority of the tenants rental income, which I'm very happy with right now in the current uh, situation, because that's good for me as a landlord. And it's good for the tenant as well, because then they've got, you know, they've got a good place to live. So she did show that property. Uh, most of it was all just virtual showings and emails. And they did do some in-person showings, I know, for very serious people. I don't know the details on there. Uh, but people are still out there looking at properties. And I did get a new lease signed, which I'm very, very happy with. My fourplex, which is a different property manager, manages for me. Um, just going to read you the email here. It says, I hope your week is going well so far. I am writing to let you know that over the past week, we've received five emails two phone calls, and 10 video tours on your property. Overall, we have seen less activity with everything going on, but we did write a new lease over the past week, which is a great sign. I will update you with changes changes as they come. 
So the new lease is not on my property. It was on another property in their portfolio. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think they said about 20 vacancies right now, uh, which is, I think it was right around normal for this time of year. So, you know, two months ago, I was like, great. I got a vacant unit coming up in March. Great. Perfect time to renew the lease. Well, now it's vacant and now we're dealing with, uh, you know, the coronavirus. So that is vacant. And I have another unit coming up there vacant next April. So in like three days in April. So I'll have two vacant units on there and I'll let you know how the other tenants are paying, you know, if how they're paying the rents as well. So uh, if you have vacant units out there, people are still out there looking. They need to move. I've talked to other investors where they're getting people to move into, but it's definitely a lot slower activity right now. And that's because, well, with all the craziness. So that's the update on there. Uh, if you want more specific details, definitely uh, reach out to me. And for all my clients out there, I have started making phone calls to everyone. It's taking me a little bit longer than I expected. So if you get something urgent and your client, call me or text me, and I will get with you ASAP. We're here. We're still resources. We can help you out and do things. Uh, so if you're a client, feel free to call me with anything urgent, because I forgot to mention that at the beginning of the show. All right, let's run down some real estate or some notes uh, just in the overall real estate market right now. So I think as many of you know, Colorado issued that shelter in place last Thursday, I believe it was. So originally, real estate was not deemed essential. And then the Colorado Association of Realtors lobbied hard and got Governor Polis to uh, amend the order and have real estate included as a critical essential business. I've learned this last few years being a realtor. Um, just as a side note, the realtor lobbying arms are incredibly strong, and it's amazing what they can, how much influence that they can go out there and adjust. And that's just a very interesting insight to me. So, a couple notes here for the managing broker, and I will put my thoughts into her as well. Uh, the intent, the intention of this amendment was to help the general public who is in critical need, people who need shelter. Uh, and so basically deals may be essential, but agents are not. So priority is finishing tractions are transactions already in a contract and helping people who need a place to find a place to live. It's not intended to help real estate agents continue to make money. Uh, it's meant to help agents continue to f help those people that really need to find a place to live here in the next couple of weeks or month or so. So agents should not be taking the attitude of that, hey, this is business as usual, and just go out there and keep doing things. I've seen some emails going around where agents are showing people a dozen properties, and that's just not appropriate right now because you should be only showing one or two or three very serious properties. And the message, I guess, according to the feedback they got was that if agents don't take this seriously and they are careless and continuing to do business without it being a critical need of the client – the governor could amend again and have real estate not an essential business or make the rules a lot more strict. So basically, if you're an agent out there, um, you know, don't show properties unless it's necessary to. That's what me and my team is doing. We're hunkering down here the next couple of weeks. Uh, we got one property under contract over the weekend on Friday or Saturday. And these were for house hackers that, hey, they need a place to live in a couple of months because their lease is ending. And they were already already working with them. This happened. We found them a place. Beyond that, we're hanging tight unless something critical comes up. And none of our clients right now are critical as far as like needing a place to live. And so I'm doing that because we think that's the responsible thing to do. And that's what most investors and most people in real estate I'd recommend doing as well as the priority is helping to minimize spreading the virus, not going out there and buying your next investment property unless it's critical to. 
So they, uh, let's see, I don't want to talk about that. That's just a addendum that's going around for COVID-19 for contracts. Definitely talk with me about that or talk with your agent if you want more details on there. So showings, um, interesting stat here on some showings for just real estate showings. Uh, per one of our managing brokers, uh, so far 19 families have been directly affected by the coronavirus leading back to showings or people seeing properties as a source in Colorado. Now, I don't know how well they're tracking at it, but they've definitely got 19 uh, verified cases on there from people showing properties. So again, only go out there and do it if you absolutely need to. Uh, update on closings. So a lot of title companies are going to curbside closings or contactless closings. Uh, so I closed on the refinance for my primary residence on Friday, and I we did our curbside closing, which was very interesting. We just drove to the parking lot. They had a space marked out. Uh, they had a sign next to the parking space that said, hey, when you arrive, please call this number. We called them, uh, talked with the uh, closer. He came out, handed us the paperwork. Uh, you know, he's wearing gloves and handed us, you know, just tried to minimize any contacts. We didn't touch him, but just got them in a little envelope. We brought our own pens and signed everything. And then we stayed on the phone the whole time. And he went back and sat in his car, which was the next parking space over. So our window was down, his door was down, or his door was open. And we he would just walk us through the documents, and we'd ask questions. We signed everything. We handed it back to him. We hung out for a couple more minutes. He verified we signed everything, and then we were done. So very different from any closing ever done before. Um, but that is how the process is going now. So... I'd say the most difficult thing about that was I had our, my two daughters in there and, you know, getting them to sit still for an hour. Well, that's challenging. But as far as the closing went, I mean, that went that went pretty well. So closings are still happening. Uh, we have a couple other properties that were in contract before, you know, the coronavirus hit Colorado. And those are still moving forward and happening. But the agents won't be there. The lenders won't be there. Only critical people actually need to sign the documents will be there everyone else will be available by phone call. So as far as I know, that's how every closing is going at the moment. Either contactless in the conference room or doing a curbside closing. So talk with the title company you're working with. So some interesting uh, mortgage updates here. And this is from a webinar from uh, that Joe Massey was on. Because I've seen a lot of the headlines about uh, mortgage uh, being able to do the mortgage forbearance or suspended mortgages. So I will give you the very high-level notes on here. I am not an expert on this by any means, but the, the punchline I got from Joe was that, yes, a lot of landlords uh, will qualify and most owner-occupants will qualify, but you need to call your loan servicer. And so that's the person you send your monthly payment to every single month. If you're not sure who that is, look at your statement or call your lender. They can find it out for you. Uh, but definitely talk to them before you stop making payments. Communication to them is the very uh, is a priority you have to do before you stop making payments. So I've heard mixed things about how it will impact your credit. So I, it sounds like it will impact your credit. Um, so Joe said, no late payments on the credit report does not mean that there are no negative items. So basically, even though if you don't make the payments, they're not going to ding you for the late credit or the late payment report. But however those three months or six months will come as a at, at a cost. So this ultimately uh, defers your payments and results in a modified loan, which could 
negatively impact your credit. So according to Joe, forbearance is a negative hit to the credit score and a modified loan is a negative hit to the credit score. And this can also make it harder to get a new loan. So that means if you go uh, to qualify for a new loan after forbearance, you need to show 12 on-time payments from which the loan was modified. So that's basically when you start making payments again. So um, on that thing there, I would say I've heard some say, oh, I'm going to go and do it because it could just be free money. I wouldn't do it unless I absolutely have to do it. And so I would wait at least another week or two or a couple weeks to see what the exact um, information is because it sounds like you will have some negative impact on your credit score and it will make it harder to get a new loan in six months or 12 months if you want to go out there and buy another property. So I think this is a last resort. Um, so stay on the, you know, I'll keep you updated on this as I learn more from Joe and other people around town. But end of the day, the best thing to do currently is if you have the cash reserves, continue to pay your mortgage and pay it on time and only use these programs as a last resort. And I've also seen this, uh, Joe sent this to me, a few other people sent this to me as well. There's a really interesting like three-page article, uh, I don't know who wrote it, but a couple of people sent it to me that explains what's going on in the mortgage industry right now, and it's really, really interesting. Um, so if you want the details on that, email me, but it talks about how what happens when you buy, when you get the mortgage, how it goes to loan servicer, how it happens behind the scenes, and how the Fed buying all these mortgage-backed securities can actually uh, how that's impacting the mortgage industry right now. So I'm not even going to attempt to explain it, but if you want to like geek out on some numbers and understand the behind-the-scenes process of mortgages, email me and I'll send a link. Or actually, no, I'll put the link in my email out to uh, uh, everyone on my email list here. So uh, last couple of things we'll talk about are some market trends. Uh, so overall, uh, showings have gone down, which is no surprise there. And I really think that the you know up until the stay in place order, we'll have updates before then, and updates you know lower showings after them. Sorry, one of my dogs was in here and started whining it out, so that distracted me and had to go let them out. So uh, the latest stats I saw were right before the stay in order came into place from Governor Polis. So, you know, these stats have been with the coronavirus, but before the statewide stay in place order. So showings have been going down. New listings have been slowing, um, but properties are still going under contract and getting a lot of offers on there. That was up until this, um, you know, stay in place order. So in the short term, as I said at the beginning of the episode, expect real estate to kind of, uh, you know, flatten out a little bit in terms of just activity, not prices. Um, but showings will definitely be down. I think listings will be down right now because I don't know any seller that wants to have a bunch of people coming to the house right now. I certainly want it. So we'll know a lot more once the stay in place order is done in a couple weeks. And also as we got more updates on the coronavirus. So uh, something else that Lon Welsh pointed out was that there may be a small window there uh, for, where we got some slight increased inventory right after the stay in place order has been removed. And that might give buyers a little bit more negotiation power from the seller to buyer. Now we'll see how that plays out in a couple of weeks. Uh, personally, I think, you know, you're going out there to save five or $10,000 off your, you know, third property or eighth property. That would be my prior. That would not be my priority right now, either to show people or to go out there and buy those myself. 
But in two weeks, we'll know a lot more and we'll, you know, we'll reassess things then. All right, so I'm recording this, I said, on March 30th. So we are two days away from April 1st. So we'll see a, we'll know a lot more after April 1st as to how many tenants are able to pay their rent. Uh, so I think through April 1st and May 1st, I think those will be the rough times for landlords because, uh, you know, a lot of people are losing their jobs, a lot of people are getting reduced pay, and how many of them can go out there and pay their rents right now, I don't know. I don't know all my properties, what's going to happen. So I'll be curious to see, and I'll share what I get as well. And then I think as the government bailouts start um, trickling down to people, hopefully that keeps the economy afloat. Hopefully that allows people to keep paying their bills. And so maybe by May 1st, by June 1st, you know, we'll have a lot better idea as to what's going on. So an important note here uh, on handling if you're self-managing your properties, which I don't, but this was something I've heard a few people say. If you're self-managing your properties, make sure you stay consistent on how you handle on how you handle your tenants, because if you give, you know, handle tenant A different from tenant B, that could be a form of discrimination. It might not be directly, but you could indirectly be discriminating against someone, which you definitely don't want to do. So make sure you have your policies written out and keep good records of your correspondence and treat everyone the same. All right, everyone, that'll wrap up this podcast. If you got any questions, uh, let me know. Uh, I will try to answer them over email. I'll try to answer them on the podcast here. I'll try to do a weekly update uh, when I have enough data to. And make sure you check out those new webinars that I'll be doing with James Orr. I'm really, really excited about them. I think they'll give a lot of information out there. And I know I'm going to learn some new stuff. And I think a lot of you guys will as well. But it just kind of goes in that bigger passion that both James and I have for doing the longer-term planning, that longer-term modeling with real estate and how you make it all work in the big picture. We got handed a big, big curveball, so we're going to see how that hits the market and how that hits people's individual portfolios, and hopefully we can learn, prepare, and improve on that. So last but not least, I'm going to keep saying this, you know, sure up your financial reserves right now if you haven't already. Hopefully you've got some money in the bank. If you're not, do everything you can right now to just get some money in the bank. That way you can hold on to your properties because if you hold on to the properties, you will be wealthy in 20 years. If you lose them, that's where you run into problems. If you have any questions on this stuff, email me. I'm here as a resource.